Hi, welcome to the Lakeside Church Weekend Messages podcast. My name is Jacob. I'm a creative arts protege here at Lakeside, and I'm super excited that you're listening with us. I want to take a quick second to let you know how Lakeside is responding to COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. We believe that we are called to be carriers of hope and courage during times like these, and we are also called to respect our governing bodies as Christ followers. Our government has asked us to postpone our gatherings as we respond globally to COVID-19, and so we've decided to pre-record some of our gatherings so we can still worship together at home. This feed will still only feature the message portion of the gatherings, but if you want to experience our gatherings in full while you're at home, we will be live streaming them at our normal service times on the weekends, and you'll be able to watch past weekends if you missed a gathering on our website. You can find links for these videos and updated information about everything we as a church are doing to respond to COVID-19 at lakesidechurch.com and on our Facebook page. We love you, and we are super excited to see you all again soon. Good morning, everybody. In the nation's capital, two prostitutes are standing before a judge telling their story. The first woman says to the judge, Your Honor, a few months ago, I gave birth to a baby, a beautiful baby boy, my son, my first son. And I was living with this woman, and three days after I gave birth, she also gave birth to a baby, also a son. We went along for a while, and everything was fine. And and then one night, this woman rolled over onto her son, and he died underneath her. She got up in the middle of the night and she didn't know what to do, but she took her baby boy and she put her dead son at my breast and she took my living son and she put him at her breast. And when I woke up in the morning, I went to nurse my son and I found that he was dead. And then I looked at my son and I realized when I looked closely, that's not my son. This is is her son. It's not my son. It was her son that was dead. And I went over and looked and, and my living son was with her. And about that time, the other woman spoke up and she said, no, that's not how it was. The dead son belongs to her. The living son belongs to me. And they began to argue in front of the judge. Now, in this case, the judge was not Judge Judy. The judge was actually King Solomon, king of the nation of Israel. And he listened to these women argue in front of him for a few minutes. And then he stopped them and he summarized what they had said so far. He said, you say that the living son is yours and the dead son is hers. And you say that the dead son is hers and the living son is yours. And he stopped for a minute and he put his head down. And then he lifted his head and he gave the verdict. He said, where's my sword? Someone handed him his sword and he picked it up and he held the sword. And then he reached it out to someone who was there, one of his soldiers who was there. He said, take the sword, cut the child in two and give half to the first woman and half to the second woman. Immediately, the first woman shouted out. She said, no, 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 don't, don't take the life of the baby. And The other woman said, oh, go ahead, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll half-half and she'll half-half. Solomon put his head down again. And then he looked up and he said, give the baby to the first woman. She's the mother of that son. I don't remember when I first heard that story or first read that story, but I know that ever since I've heard that story, I've loved it. 
Of course, it's a horrible story to imagine, to imagine two women going through such trauma. But I love it because I'm a leader. And I love it because I have to make decisions. I have to decide things. And I love the wisdom of Solomon. It is that story that declared to the nation of Israel that Solomon was the wisest man on the planet. And where'd that wisdom come from? That's what I want to know. Because what you find out once you become a leader or if you serve as a pastor, what you'll find out is you never need that kind of wisdom until somebody makes a mess. And anytime there's an organization, somebody's going to make a mess. And often in the organization, it's the leader who makes a mess. But often it's somebody else in the organization and they make a mess. And when there's a mess that's made, somebody has to have the wisdom of Solomon to clean it up. Where did he get that? Now, you can read that story of King Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, and I encourage you to pick up your Bible after today and, and, and uh, read that story. I want you to see another story as well today, though. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And if you have your Bible with you, let me invite you to pick that up now and, and find 1 Chronicles. It's in, the old, it's in the Old Testament. If you have your copy of the YouVersion app on your phone or your tablet, uh, you can, uh, or if you're watching at your desktop today, you can op- open up YouVersion. And we've got notes in there for you today so you can follow along with the scriptures as we look at them. But 1 Chronicles chapter 12 tells the story of King David. David happened to be Solomon father. So he was king first. And before he became king, he was about to ascend to the throne. He was about to be declared king by the whole nation of Israel. But to make that happen, all the warriors, all the fighting men had to come together because nothing happens, nothing moves forward without the army. And so from all 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, people were gathering, men were gathering in the, in the capital city, and they're preparing to make David the king. And the scriptures in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 list the various tribes of Israel that are coming with their mighty men. And it describes them. So Judah shows up with 6,800 warriors who are skilled with shields and spears. It's like they had specialties. Some people, some people were good with bows and arrows. Some people were good with shields and spears. And that was the people of Judah. The tribe of Simeon comes and they've got 7,100 warriors ready for battle, it says. The tribe of Ephraim comes. They've got 18,000 soldiers. And it says of them, they were famous in their clans, which I guess means if you weren't from their clan, you'd never heard of these guys, but they were were 18,000 pretty tough dudes. And the tribe of Dan and Asher and Reuben and Levi, they all come in and they're all bringing valiant soldiers and 11 tribes come forward and they've all got their warriors. And out of those 11 tribes, they suddenly bring together 336,000 soldiers for David's instant army. But one tribe is left out. One tribe in that whole list of 12 tribes, one I skipped over. In fact, they're right in the middle. That tribe is right in the middle of the list. It's the tribe of Issachar. And it says of this tribe, it says from Issachar, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. Not not 4,800, not 7,100, not 18,000, not not masses of, of soldiers. 200 chiefs with their men. And it doesn't describe how strong they are. It doesn't describe how skilled they are with weapons. It describes them this way. 
from Issachar, 200 chiefs, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Don't you wish we could find 200 chiefs today? Don't you wish we could find 200 chiefs who understood the times and knew what we should do and knew what our nation should do, knew what our church should do. Don't you wish we could find 200 chiefs like that? Don't you wish we could find two chiefs like that? Don't you wish we could find one chief like that? And how'd they get there? And how do we get there? We're living in a tragic season these days. We're living in a dark season these days. We're living in a season with a bunch of turmoil these days. And we need some chiefs who understand the times and know what we should do. Somebody made a mess in our generation. Somebody made a mess in these days. In fact, somebody's made a series of messes in these days and they're all around us. How do we get to the place where we understand the times and we know what we should do? It's another way of asking, how do we gain wisdom? We just went through a series recently where we were talking about transformational questions and Uh, One of the questions we've learned to ask together as we go through our lives is, what is the wise thing for me to do? Or as a group, what is the wise thing for us to do? It's a hugely important question and helpful question for us to ask. And when we were walking through that series, one of the scriptures we landed on was James chapter one, uh, verse five, which says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. It's like, there you go. You want to have wisdom like Solomon? Ask God. He gives it generously. You want to understand the times and know what we should do? Ask God. And they go right on. That's, that's perfect. Go to God. Pray about the thing. Listen to what he says. Find wisdom. And then I think, well, is there anything else? Is there anything else for that? Is there any other path to gain that wisdom? Not to set aside asking God. Ask God first, start there. But is there anything else that he says to us where he says, look, if you will do these things, you will learn to understand the times and know what we should do. Well, interestingly, when you look through scriptures, you can find in that same chapter where James says to us, if you lack wisdom, ask God. In that same chapter, James chapter one, in verse 19 and 20, he has another thing to say about wisdom. So again, turn over in your scriptures to that. James chapter one, verse 19. Here's what James writes. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. What's he saying? I like it, I like it when scripture makes it simple. Sometimes it, you read scripture and you go, man, it's pretty complicated. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm gonna land on the right answer in this passage. But in this one, it's like, hey, you guys, here's three things. You want wisdom? Ask God. And then here's three things. Do these things. And here they are. He says, number one, be quick to listen. I like quick. 
I like fast. I think it's part of why I like sports. I like things that move fast. I like when they cut and they turn and they change and they go fast. I like that. There was a, never mind, there wasn't really a time in my life when I was all that fast or all that quick. I just, I just like it. I like watching sports where people are, are moving like that. And if you see someone who's really quick, it can take your breath away. Some of you will remember the sport of basketball. We used to play it. We used to watch it. And uh, the Golden State Warriors have this great player named Stephen Curry. And he has, he's so quick. He's so quick that he has this crossover dribble. And if you're not into basketball, you don't have to understand a lot of this, but it basically consists of bouncing the ball from one hand onto the ground to your other hand and doing it so fast that you're able to go right past your defender and go toward the basket. Now, he has the ability to do it so fast and do it behind his back that he can actually make a defender fall down and he can go right around him. He actually did it in the playoffs a few years ago against Chris Paul. Amazing. So quick. Now, James says, be like that with your listening. Now, that's a little weird. I mean, have you ever noticed that your ears don't move? I remember growing up in elementary school, I remember sometimes there were, there were kids in my class and they had, this, they had this amazing skill they could make their ears move. They could make their ears wiggle. And, you know, it was, it was in, entrancing to the rest of us. How do you do that? I don't know how you do that. My ears do not move. They don't wiggle. They don't move. The only possibility I have my ears moving is if I move my head, then they get to move. My ears don't move, much less move quickly. But here's James saying, I want you to be quick to listen. I want you to be quick to use your ears. I want you to be quick to listen. It's an astonishing skill to move quickly what will not move. And James says, I want to encourage you to practice and develop this skill. You know, the amazing thing about Stephen Curry is he practices and his practices have become famous. His drills have become famous because he's taught himself to be quick. And now James is saying to us, as far as wisdom goes, you want to have wisdom, then you need to practice being quick to listen. One of the ways that I've learned to be quick to listen is to ask questions it's really, it's been this, that's been the source of those transformational questions that we talked about. It's my desire to be quick to listen because everybody wants to tell their story quickly. And I want to tell my story quickly because I seem, I think I have the answers to every problem out there. I'm just going to tell you quickly. But James says, that's not going to work. That's not going to get you to the wisdom of Solomon. That's not going to get you to the wisdom of the men of Issachar. You have to learn to be quick to listen, not quick to speak. And so I ask questions. There's a lot of great questions. You might not want to. You might not want to do. My, my, you might not want to do this. My dad had some questions that he would ask, and um, he's passed away now. And, and we all laugh at this now. But my dad had some sayings that he would use, and one of his sayings was a question. When one of us had done something, one of us kids had done something that you know didn't make a lot of sense. Didn't it? Definitely didn't demonstrate the wisdom of Solomon. Then he would say to us, "What'd you go and do a darn fool thing like that for?" You might not want to ask that one, but you might want to ask, you might want to ask, what's your story? You might want to get someone else talking about their story because as they tell you their story, they'll tell you their background. As they tell you their background, they'll explain to you their perspective. And once you've heard someone else's perspective, you are on the way to being able to say, I understand the times. 
I know what we should do. But you'll never get there if you're not quick to listen. Do you have a problem with your ears? Are you slow to listen? James says, develop this skill. Become quick to listen. Second thing he says, you want to have the wisdom of Solomon? You want to have the wisdom of the men of Issachar? He says, be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Now, I have to tell you, I'm offended, I'm offended by this one uh, because I looked this up and I found out that the word, uh, the word for slow is the Greek word bratus. It's painful. It's, I, I'm sure it's not pronounced that way. I'm sure they pronounce it better like bradus or something. But when you look at it, when you look at the spelling, it's bradus. It's like God saying, Brad, would you be slow to speak? Would, 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 you, just, would you just be slow in this area? He says, I want you to learn to be slow to speak. And he's not saying, I want you to drag out your words. He's not saying, I want you to talk really slow so you'll drive people crazy. That's not what he's saying. The word bradus in Greek is a word that means dilatory. Do you know that word? Dilatory. It's a word that means like lazy or non-aggressive. I want you to be non-aggressive with your words. I want you to be slow to speak. And actually he uses an interesting word for speaking here too. It's not the normal word that they would use for talking or for speaking. It's the Greek word laleo. It's the word from which we get our word la, 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 la. Actually, I don't know if that word, I don't even know if that's a word. But that's, that's the word that he uses, laleo. It's a word that means to babble or to prattle like a baby. He goes, when you rush into it, you are just babbling. When you rush into it, when you are quick to speak, you are just babbling. You are just prattling. I want you to learn in your life to be slow to speak. I want you to wait. You know what happens? If you learn to be quick to listen, you will have to be slow to speak. You want to be wise like Solomon? You want to be wise like the men of Issachar? Learn to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And then he says, and slow to become angry. Words and anger like to go fast. I don't know what it is, but anger comes on fast. Anger, it can boil up, it can simmer for a while and then explode, but it loves to come fast, just like our words love to come fast. And James goes, don't give in to that. Go slow, take your anger slow. Wait for it. Again, he's not, saying just, he's not saying just turn it up a little bit on the stove and then turn it up a little bit more and then turn it up more. He's not saying deliberately bring it to a boil. He's saying delay it. It's the same word when he says be slow to anger. He's saying, Bratis, be slow. Be slow to anger. Wait for it. Don't be aggressive with your anger. And I look at that and I go, why, why not? I mean, I, I watch some people, they, they blow up, they explode with anger and then they seem to be past it. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, well, maybe that's the best way. He goes, no, don't do that. Don't go fast at it. Don't let it come quickly. Don't be aggressive with your anger. Why not? He says in the next verse, because human anger does not accomplish the righteousness that God desires. 
Our world is full of anger today. It is full of anger. And human anger does not accomplish the righteousness that God desires. And when I say that, I know some people will object. They'll go, oh, 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 but Jesus got angry. When Jesus went in the temple, he got angry and he had righteous anger and righteous indignation. And that's what I have. And I go, how do you know? You go blowing up in anger. And you go, it's righteous anger. How do you know? You'll only know if you've been quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. There is a thing of righteous anger, but I will tell you, Jesus is better at it than you are. I will tell you that Jesus is better at it than I am. And human anger does not accomplish the righteousness which God desires. Years ago, I had a critic. You ever had a critic? I've never met someone yet who likes critics. And we probably, if, if you lead anything, you've had critics for sure. And years ago, I, I had a critic. They were in the church. And, you know, this woman was really a good person. I, I know in most cases she had a good heart. I believe all those things. But every time she came to speak to me, she was a critic. She had something, something that she believed we were doing wrong. And I've, I've, learned not to, I've learned not to count criticism. I weigh criticism. If you come and you tell me, oh, you know, I don't like this. And I've talked to a lot of people and they don't like that either. I, you want me to count those criticisms. I don't count those. I want to weigh them. And I can't count criticisms for people that I can't see. I want to weigh them. And so when someone comes to me and they love everything we do and they're always positive and they're always encouraged and they're always like, oh, I love what you, when you did this and I love that you decided that. I love all these things. And then that person comes to me and they go, hey, I, I've, I've got a question or an issue or a challenge with something you guys decided. Man, I listen to that person because I'm weighing that against all the backdrop of every encouraging word they've said. They were, they were, they were quick to listen and slow to speak, and, sl and slow to become angry. And frankly, they were slow to be critical. And I weigh that, and I go, I'm going to listen to that criticism. But this, other, this woman who we had in the church, she wasn't like that. Everything she said to me was a criticism. And after a while, I got worn down. And finally, one day, she, she sent me a note, and she had some criticism. And I said, you know what? We can't do this over the email, so uh, why don't you come in? Let's, let's just sit down and talk. So I knew she was coming in and I knew she's going to bring this criticism. And, and on her way in, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to respond in anger because I've been kind to her for a long, long time. And I'm going to respond in anger this time because maybe that's all she responds to. And so, I, you know, I'm just going to let her have it and then, and we'll fix this whole thing. And so she comes in, she sits down, she gives me her criticism and I responded in anger. And immediately she got up and she left the building. And I didn't see her again for 10 years. Human anger does not accomplish the righteousness that God desires. Our world has a bunch of messes in it right now. And we're all trying to fix it. One, one Facebook page at a time. One social media post at a time. And we're going to fix it. We're sure we're going to fix it. And what happens is we end up bubbling up all this anger. And we think this anger is going to get there. It's going to land where it needs to land. And yet James says, human anger does not accomplish the righteousness that God desires. 
I want to be like Solomon. I want to be as wise as Solomon. I want to be like the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel must do. I want to understand the times and know what Lakeside should do. I want to understand the times and know what our nation should do. And if I'm ever going to get there, I have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so do you. Jesus, thank you for loving us. And thank you for showing, what, showing us what it's like. Lord, if anyone in the world and, and, and in history ever measured up to the life of Solomon and the wisdom of Solomon, it was you. You lived the wisdom of Solomon. And Lord, even as we look at your life, we see examples of when you were quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Would you lead us, Lord, and shape us these days? Lord, when our world is in a mess, would you lead us to trust you enough to honor you as holy, to trust you enough to lean into your word and your truth with faithful obedience? Teach us, Lord, and may we practice quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And in that little piece of wisdom, may we change our world. Jesus, thank you. We love you. Amen. Thank you again for listening. I just want to encourage and remind you again that these are the times that we as Christ followers get to shine and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Rest assured that his promises will never fail us and that he is in control. I would also love to invite you one more time to check out one of our live streams this weekend. We believe that community is important and these live streams are a great way to connect with your family and friends and worship God while we are all at home. Have a great week. Go with God.